I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your five hosts this evening, Fishing PA with Ryan Reed. I also have some very talented fishermen, trout fishermen on the phone. We're going to start with Mr. Pennsylvania Monsters, Tom Venata. Yellow. Why did bring this guy back? Dagger. <laughs> we also have from the Great White North, Mr. Nick Fiesler. Good evening. What's up, we Nick? Have... Hi, Nick. Hi. 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 We have the one and only Swink Outdoors, Donnie Swink. What's happening, everyone? I'm waving. Yeah. You can't already see me. Nobody can see you waving. <laughs> and we're super pumped because we always have Mr. Owen Bigos Bucktail, Owen Seaman on the line. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Gentlemen. Husky, husky, husky jerks. No. Husky jerks on the mind. What? It's musky, husky jerk season. It is. It actually is. Musky hunks assemble. So we're here for, what is this, episode four? Yeah, this would be episode four where we've uh, we've missed, we've taken a couple of weeks off. Uh, <clears throat> we've had a couple of, you know, I guess weeks where just things didn't fall in people. I mean, Tom, Tom went fishing someplace. I, I don't know whether we'll talk about that or not. We've been busy. But, Excursion yeah. snagging. Anyways, he he went fishing for some other species. So we're back uh, and we have a couple things to to kind of go over here in this episode. First and foremost is going to be a quick recap of Hunk's weekend. Uh, we talked about that briefly in one of our first episodes that Hunk's weekend is a, you know, we all go to uh, my little cabin up on Canadota Lake and fish for the weekend. And it's going to be a brief recap because guess what? It was more like skunks weekend because we didn't catch shit. <laughs> We saw a couple of fish, I guess. Uh, sort of. Um, sort of. Yeah, I mean, we, we all we yeah. had some chances. We yeah, Tom. Tom had one. Tom had one. Donnie had one. Uh, I kind of saw one. I thought, but you know, but uh, which obviously was a, a disappointment. But we'll, you know, we'll get to that. the The company was a lot of fun, and I think overall it was a it was a success. And technically, nobody took my uh, championship belt away because nobody caught a fish. So I'd just like to point out that I am the reigning champion still. Yeah, you know I what? Think, I guess you I do, think Donnie you do caught, have to retain the belt. I have retained it. I default. Perch, so. Yeah, that's true. Well, well technically, okay. if we want to get real technical, I caught the perch and put it in Donnie's boat. Mm, I didn't see that. I just saw the perch. Yeah, well, because you know. all were still sleeping. I was up and at him trying to keep my belt. Sounds I'm like the only Donnie. one that has a picture with a perch. That's all there I know. <laughs> so, so somebody, we... somebody, t- you know, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just going to ask before we get started in this. Are we? Do we need to get like a Jimbo belt for for Tom so he feels? I need to feel <laughs> validated. Validated. I need to feel validated. Okay. Yes, we I definitely just... need to have something, something physical to to manifest Tom's. 
you know, prowess, his unbelievable fishing prowess. That's what I was thinking. The right, fact I'm that he sorry. catches nothing as good, if not better, than anyone. <laughs> I mean, he makes it look really good. Really fucking make it look easy. Show that better than a belt. All right. I just want to make sure we, we got to put that on the docket for next year to get Tom an actual get Tom the belt. belt. Yep. Yeah. So to, to catch to catch the listeners up, I don't know, you know, we're, we're referring to last week, last year's 2020 musky hunks, which would have been the inaugural musky hunks where Tom took the belt uh, with two fish, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Three fish. Three fish. Three fish, two back to backers, and then one the next day. And then Nick also caught the one on the slow. That's right. I forgot. So that you was four three. fish okay. for theme slow. Trying for to sure, shortchange sure. me. No, 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 no. You know, I, I, I'm not the guy that count. I don't really count fish. You know, like, <laughs> like some, some of us. You know, when there's a belt on the line, you have to count them. <laughs> we tried to sabotage them too by driving directly through the weed bed that they were fishing. Absolutely. And it didn't, it did not work. So, so, so we did it again this year. And uh, again, we did not catch any fish, but I don't know if any of you guys want to talk on, on the weekend, uh, you know, I don't, you know, it's kind of my, my weekend. So I don't really want to, I don't know what you guys think of it. I gotta, I gotta start with this comment this weekend. That was some of the, I mean, it's just the last two years, some of the best food. (laughs) you could possibly ask for so i want to make sure we highlight that because owen cooks a mean steak and also homemade garlic toast a little bit of spaghetti i'm digging it i i need to replicate that dinner from from hunks weekend that's my favorite part i'm i'm probably the biggest in the group here and that's because i like to eat i think we should point out though that no one delivered flatbread pizzas. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The champ, you know, the champ. I had a lot of planning to do to maintain the belt, so I wasn't able right. to make it to Aldi in time to get to get the ingredients. So luckily Owen uh, stepped up, and he played dad all weekend with the food, which was very nice. And he yeah. probably did better than I would have anyway, so be glad that I didn't bring my stuff. Tom dropped so many balls. I did. <laughs> As usual, what else is new? Yeah, aside from the food, though, I'll give you my perspective. I really like Canandota Lake um, as far as being able to get out in the fall. You know, not a lot of boat traffic that time of year. It sets up nice for this particular trip for us. And I I think there's a lot of opportunities there. I think this particular weekend, we had a kind of a tough – I feel like the weather was a little bit tough with the fronts. Yeah. Well, it's been so warm all – you know, up until that weekend, it had been – incredibly warm all fall and then it was like that you know we got that cold front and and i think we all recognize i mean all of us recognize that and we all saw it coming and we all knew hey we may have to do some things differently and i think we i mean geez we we tried just about everything yeah and oh yeah and of course the the stupid shad prevailed yeah the stupid uh, shad what else is new prevails. I feel like that's a really good front bait though. When you're talking about like the super shad in general, you got that height, 
that tight action and that bait and the way you work it. I think that's, I think it's a good cold front. I like it. Cause it's like a Swiss army knife. I mean, you can work it like a bucktail. You can burn it. You can, you can work it like a diving rod because it's really buoyant crankbait. So you can work it like a diving rod. You jerk it down, let it come up a little, jerk it down, or you can work it like a twitch bait. You could, you could really do like anything with it. That's why I like to go to that when it's, I don't know what the heck else to do. You're saying it prevailed, but it got none in the boat. Well, <laughs> it, it how, had do the, we def- how do we define prevailing? Prevailed yeah. as in it had the hookup, and then I had two additional fallers that I got on camera, so it can't tell me that I was imagining things. Yeah. I, well, I, ho- I hope you went on the Deuce too. Yep. So, just out of curiosity, what? how much action do we have here? Because I, I, I had to bail that Saturday um to go fish with the one and only vance kalos but so i i was aware of the fish that tom missed owen we were on the water when you moved that one yeah but it, it you know looking back at the video i can't even i can't even see it on the video so i mean who knows uh, you know after casting that long it might have just been a figment of my imagination and, you know Husky what, mirage. It, it's it's seeing fish kind of gives you some type of validation but really i mean we got to catch you know got a I know that lake I'm getting to know that lake um I mean I guess I'm learning the lake in the seasons you know I, I have not fished that was re- that's really the second time hunks weekend 2020 and, and hunks weekend this year are really the only times I've fished the lake in the fall so you know I'm definitely learning that they I don't think the fish are hanging out in your typical haunts you know because that, that I would see them you know during the summer. So, you know, it's kind of, we're trying to figure out where, where they are. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. I know Tom thinks they're tucked up in the slot, baby. Yeah. The, like in the time I was trolling around with Donnie there, there's definitely fish down deep too, like quite a bit. Mm. That's where I think the big fish are. I mean, I I don't want to tell anyone that. Yeah. But they're definitely down there, but it's a, you know, persistence game at that point. See, I wonder how I wonder those fish. So what I've been what I think I've been learning, and this could be really off base, is when you got those fish that are down deep like that, you know, you're you're, we're trying to run baits at their face, essentially. Like if it's belly to the dirt type deep, like those fish, are they're not active. I wonder if the active fish were moving up into the weeds that weekend. I wonder if they were just in the weeds you know, the ones that were, were up in the weeds. I mean, the one that I moved was we were right on the weed edge, like where you would expect to move a fish. I feel like, right, Donnie. I mean, we weren't that far from that edge on that one end of the lake, but we we were in pretty close. We weren't, we weren't getting up in the slop quite as much as like Tom and Owen were doing Mm -hmm. uh, at that point just yet. I was still kind of staying off a hair, a little more off the edge, but we were still in pretty tight when you moved that fish. And, and I mean, that fish wanted to eat it, just it completely missed your raptor. That's what, I mean, even, it was a tough weekend, but realistically, you know, just talking right now, what we could have had, if I, I land the one that I hooked, Tom, well, did you hook one or two, Tom? I hooked one and then had two good follows. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, you could have easily had two or three fish in the boat, mm-hmm. boat rather, uh, still and and uh, you know without how tough that weather was it really wasn't how's it go if, if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Something I, or other. Believe me, I, I get it, but I'm just saying, you know, I also it, do, when it comes to musky fishing, I, I don't know, I, I do take uh, some solace in, in opportunities. Absolutely. I, I, then follows, I agree. Uh, I agree. Not so much, but mm-hmm. you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna convert every fish. But if you're getting chances like that, you know, that's that's the most. You, that's what you really are, you know, are hoping for in any type of trip when you're going like that. At least you're getting some some active fish and some fish trying to eat. Yep. I mean, I honestly expected would go up there, and there was a chance that out of what we had like three boats, I thought maybe it would go all weekend and nobody would see a fish just based mm-hmm. off the weather. But we all, I think we all saw some fish and that was, honestly, that was better than I was expecting. Yeah. I mean, remember we, we were, we were worried that we would maybe completely washed out mm-hmm. on Saturday mm-hmm. or I mean on Friday uh, and, and we ended up being able to fish all day Friday. Um, and even Saturday with how, how bad it was, Tom, you know, you and I got out there what like 11 was it about 11 we fit we got out and and i i i was off the water i wanted to be off the water by two so we fished for a couple of hours on saturday but even that we didn't expect to to actually be able to well that was the issue that's why i i I don't know about donnie but that's why i lost my fish because it caught me like completely sleeping at that point Mm -hmm. I think in the clip we were talking about birds. We were actually like looking at the birds and I was like, Oh, I don't know what kind of bird that, Oh wait, it's a muskie. Like, Oh God. But you know, I I had a blast. I had a blast. Uh, It's a weekend that I look forward to every year and, you know, hopefully next, next year we, you know, we put a bunch of fish in the boat and one of these years we'll put a bunch of fish in the boat. Oh yeah. Uh, But I'm glad you guys enjoy coming up there. I love cooking. I love, I love the whole thing. So next year we'll do it again. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to to try and get out there later this season and see, especially since they dropped the water level there, see what the, what the bait distribution is with the water level down. Cause it's pretty much below the weed line where it is now. So yeah. If, if you're ever going out there, I'd be, I'd love to to go hop on the boat and, and, you know, drive around for the day. See what see what it is. It's a little they tricky be, launching a boat when the water is down, but yeah, they should be taking the water down this. Start start drawing the water down this week. Yeah. So, so I haven't seen any picture. I haven't seen any pictures of it this week yet, but I'm I'm sure it's on its way down. So next year we're gonna get a little little better effort out of Mister Fiesler. Yeah, yeah, little, yeah, a yeah. More fishing time, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had to give Nick a pass. I had to give Nick a pass because he he went the whole week with me up to Canada. So yeah. I, Nick Nick got, Nick gets a pass this year. Yeah, we have to talk about that though. Nick Nick jumping ship early to go what like grouse hunting or something. Just bailed on all of us. Said, "Hey, I'm out. I gotta go hunt." Been going to grouse camp for the opening weekend. Way longer than I known you guys. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's also the day I drugged Donnie out in like a downpour, and I don't think I've ever seen him so like sad and angry to be out <laughs> of water. I, I looked at him at one point, and I saw him taking a selfie. Just like looked like he was like on the verge of tears. Like, why did I agree to come out with this guy right now? Should have stayed that. in bed. <laughs> I've seen those I long actually, looks on I, Donnie's I face. Picture, I sent that picture to my wife. Just because it was pouring down rain, and she said, "You guys actually fishing right now?" So that's why I was doing that. I <laughs> my wife 
And she and she responded, I'm not sure if you look tired or sad. <laughs> so I have I have two more comments, one about Hunk's weekend. I just want to point out that everybody listening doesn't isn't aware at this point that we fished basically through a tornado warning. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. true. So there was a that was wild, wild weather. And also I just want to point this out that I did hear a certain someone this week say that it was a relief that somebody else canceled on them to go musky <laughs> fishing. <laughs> you just realize that you're so beat up and you're like happy when somebody cancels on you to go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was funny. Oh, and my dad certainly enjoyed himself hunks weekend. Oh like, yeah. My dad was, he was so like, he, he was the life of the all, party. He talked about all you guys like for a week straight. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. I loved it. It made his, it made his, made his weekend. It really did. So uh, I'm, uh, I appreciate you guys uh, putting up with him for the weekend. Oh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's a hoot, man. That was, I mean, that really was so much fun. The whole atmosphere, just hanging out in the cabin, <laughs> watching Chappelle on Netflix and laughing, you know, that that's what it's all about. And obviously, which we caught a few more fish, but that's always the case no matter what, right? You know? Absolutely. Yep. It Absolutely. was fun. It was a lot of fun. Was, uh, was so good... after, after Hunk's weekend, who else, who else uh, fished? <laughs> after that and <laughs> for for a certain species named uh, i'm out Esocks. <laughs> i fished a bunch i mean i was I, I did fish with vance that saturday yeah so tell um, me how, how'd that go I, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys that was probably one of the best trips i've had with muddy creek but i i had two opportunities and i and i blew them both first one was a casting fish on a raptor it surprised me casting a weed edge in the rain and right before probably about an hour before we called it uh we had a uh, one rip on a on a dk bait and it was a good fish it was probably you know 44 inches 45 inches maybe and it popped about five feet from the boat so we were almost to the net on it uh and it, and it popped but vance you know he he uh he put me on a couple fish it was a great day on the water and I just couldn't get it done. So that's, uh, that's my life on Chautauqua. It's, uh, it's, it reeks of love gone sour, suspicion and big hair. That's how I would refer to you what my life is on that lake, but. That's Donnie's favorite lake, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to get back up there. Staple and swing outdoors. Oh yeah. We, uh, we definitely share love for that place. Yeah. But you guys were the two traders, so Donnie did stick it out. He stayed with us. By the end of the weekend, Owen, Donnie, and me, we were the last three survivors on the island. Nick, uh, Nicky Turncoat left us, and then shortly after, Ryan left us. Mm-hmm. So, but I've been I've been doing some fishing. Sad. Nick, have you been out? I know Tom's oh, yeah. been trouting it up. No, Donnie, what about you? You know me, I've been out there. It's uh hasn't been too great, but I've been out there. <laughs> <laughs> on the river? You've been out on the river? Uh yeah, I've been on I'm trying to think where all I've fished since 
hunks weekend. I've, I've definitely been on the rivers. Uh, I've been to a couple of the lakes once or twice as well, but honestly, I've been uh, kind of slumping since hunks weekend. That black cloud's kind of followed me. I've lost, I think, the last four or five fish I hooked starting at hunks weekend. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, we've I got out with Ryan. He he put one in the boat last yeah, week. So tell tell, tell us. I want to hear all about them. I've always wanted to sucker fish. I have never sucker fished. I've always wondered where you can even buy suckers around here. So please enlighten us on on the the old the old sucker them. trip. You got to go catch them. That's how you get them. <laughs> that's what my dad says. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Worm and a hook. Mm-hmm. Is that really how you got them? Is that really how you got them? Yeah. Down, no, the river, down on the river. Tommy <laughs> is the consummate fisherman. I don't know why you guys are questioning. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the best method. You gotta you gotta put your time in for the haters he, and you gotta he caught them for ten dollars a piece. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh I, I feel like this is such a and I think it's okay for me to say it, but I do feel like this conversation is delicate because I feel like there are just certain things that are very guarded in the musky world. Trade secrets. Mm-hmm. And one of one of those is the ability to obtain said sucker. So the, the way <laughs> uh, okay, all right. You meet the guy in an alley every Friday night so, at like eleven thirty PM. Blink your headlights twice for a dozen suckers. That's exactly correct. And in, in hey, man, you got the stuff. Yeah. Yep. That, that just yeah. goes to show how out of touch with the, the local fishing community I am. I, I don't know that, that that's a guarded secret. You know, I, I know. Here's for you, Owen. You can get, I know you can get suckers at O'Donnell's mm-hmm. and uh, what is that? Chautauqua Real Outdoors. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they're usually in like the six to eight inch range if you wanted. Okay, how much? How much do they charge for a six to eight inch sucker? I, I, <laughs> I think they're like three dollars a piece or something like that. Last time I bought them, I think O'Donnell's is way higher. Is it? I was gonna. I, I think that was at Chautauqua Real Outdoors. Yeah. I, I mean, I stopped the at the place in um, near Woodcock. It, uh, it's at Sagertown. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's uh, a Myers Outdoors know, connection. Yeah, right on the corner there. Yeah, and uh, I was talking homes. to the guy. Yeah, and I was a really nice guy, and I was talking to him, and I asked him, I said, you know, do you ever get suckers in the fall? And he said, oh, one year I got them, one year. And, and you know, those things, they, they ended up costing me more, than, more than, uh, they, than they were worth. He said they ended up, more of them ended up dead. So yeah. They said that they were going to stock big golden shiners pretty much consistently. The one time, yeah, but what's a there. what's a big golden shiner like, as compared to like a six to, inch golden shiner or something like that? It's not like a twelve to fourteen inch sucker. No, but I think it's what you know. I mean, it's similar forage, especially like in Canada. Do you do you guys think it's a fair assessment to say if we're if you buy a sucker, let's just say in Pennsylvania, anywhere in the state, you're probably going to be looking at a six to an eight inch sucker. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, most places smaller than yeah. Typically, unless you don't catch them, 
Yeah. To, yeah. So to Donnie's point, you know, if you're, if you're looking for those bigger, cause you, I mean, you talk Wisconsin, Minnesota, those guys are, they're able to get their hands on 10, 12, 14 inch suckers at times. I feel like in the state of PA, if you're buying them, they're going to be relatively small. So to Donnie's <laughs> point, I do think going out there, putting in the time to catch them is, is well worth it. If you understand and know how to do that. Me, That's the truth. No idea. The best time to catch them is like April, mm-hmm. which is just yep. Far from sucker season. You got to got to get that tank running early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can clean up on Tom's garbage uh, trout flies. Yep. And uh, you definitely don't use Brondo in, in, you know, don't put the suckers in Brondo. The thirst okay. mutilator? Yeah, exactly. You, you want to make sure you put – I'm glad somebody got that reference. It's <laughs> got what plants craves. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. You got to use water and not Brondo. But. I think this is a good time to uh, to put in our campaign ad for Hector Elizondo Camacho for president mm-hmm. 2024. I agree. I uh, So, well, Donnie, why don't you talk a little bit more about our day on the river – well, what, was that last week, Brian, or was it? I think was it was. It I think it was last. I think it was last week. No, got together the week before. Yeah. Uh, you, it, we knew it, again. We were gonna. We were planning on casting, right? But we wanted to up our odds a little bit, which is something that I like to do this time of year. Just drift some live bait behind the boat if I can, and. It doesn't always have to be a sucker, too. It, that's what I say when, when I say you can catch bait. You know, muskies, muskies will eat just about anything. If you smallmouth bass, largemouth yeah. bass. Catch something and you want to put it on a live bait rig. If you can get it on a live bait rig and get it to swim right, you know, uh, it'll work. <laughs> um, but we went and, you know, we, we started casting and, and we're slow trolling the suckers. And uh, what we were out there for a while, huh, Ryan? Like, yeah, it was uh, definitely a couple hours casting. Yep. We, didn't, we didn't see anything casting, which is nothing new. And uh, I we were working that point, and I knew that there's this point, these fish usually like to hang off this edge right off the corner of this point, which is what I was talking to Ryan about why we moved around this corner where we were and we slow trolled these, the suckers right off the uh, corner of the boat, just the way uh, we like to do. And one hammered the sucker on the outside rod on the back of the boat. And I grabbed onto it, had it on for all of about 30 seconds. And that one popped. That was another another heartbreaker that was the third of the uh four or five i think that i'm rolling on right now now do you 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 said you make your own um quick like quick strike rigs yes i I mean i've used store-bought ones as well but yeah I, i i've i've started making my own um that was something that uh i learned from a friend of mine uh i don't want to give away too many of his secrets, but I'll just say that uh, my, a friend of mine who's a very good sucker fisherman, very talented sucker fisherman that does it a lot. Uh, one thing that he taught me is that you need to make sure that you're sizing 
the rigs that you're using appropriately to the bait that you're using. And that's, it's a, it's a critical part of sucker or any live bait. Fish any fish. So would you say, you know, I mean, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the store-bought rigs have too big a hooks? Most of the time, because it goes right back to what we've been talking about before, where, you know, a lot of these store-bought rigs are for, you know, they're looking at these guys in Minnesota that are using these 20 inch suckers and, you know, whatever. And that's just not realistic here. So it, it, these, these rigs don't seem to work as well. Uh, but, you know, fabricating things to, you know, work better with the, what you're using is, is a really, really critical part in that. So I, I gotta just say, this whole thing is, I don't have much exposure to this. I, I, I did this maybe to this point one other time with you last year. And uh, it was, uh, it's kind of an interesting process because it's a lot different than, you know, hey, I got this fish following my bait back to the boat or, you know, trolling and the, rot and the clicker goes off. But it, it is kind of like that in, in some aspects. But I... I honestly, after watching Donnie work that fish, I feel like that might have been a very, very good fish. And he kind of like breezed over the fact that it just popped, but you had it on there for a little while and I could just tell by how you were kind of reacting. But I will say that I, I did learn something else about different fish in different places where they live. And I feel like some fish definitely fight harder than others, depending upon where you're at Yo. um, without, you know, kind of getting into the, the details there. But I, I thought that was interesting just from my perspective, kind of watching the process and, and moving around the boat with the net, I was really excited to put that one in the bag. And I don't, I don't know what, what you're, what you're thinking, you know, that fish was, we didn't really get a good look at it, but I don't know. It sounded really good and it looked really good from where I was standing. And I would have really liked to see that one in the net. It's, it's definitely one that uh, I went home and cried myself to sleep over later. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that usually seems to be the case for me. But uh, Tony yeah. keeps a box of tissues by the bed. He's right. prepared. Not, nothing makes, you know, like you said, I guess I did kind of breeze over that because we all know nothing makes a fish bigger than it getting off. But uh, that definitely, it, it definitely was no slouch, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> I've, uh, I've tangled with a few of them now, and she uh, she had some pep in her step, that's for sure. So It was fun but, watching it, for sure. I mean, that, yeah. was, that was a really fun... I mean, it's just fun fish. Like that's a that's a fun way to fish in general. But it, it sucks uh, we didn't get it. But I, I it was a lot of fun from my perspective, just kind of watching what was going on there. Right. But then I, All I right, mean, Tom. You want to oh. tell us about your fishing trip? Are you sure? Well, <laughs> well wait, Ryan. You don't want to tell us about your fish yeah did ryan yeah. catch one i'm sorry ryan i'm talking for you some. no it's, yeah. it's all good it, it, we can sum this up by you know ryan's not real experienced with this so i had to have a, a decent coach we were kind of working at i would say a, a weed edge and 
fish grab the bait and you know donnie was there to kind of walk me through everything and i i will say that the hook set process on on a sucker fish is a something i'm not used to it's a little different i feel like you know when you see these things on tv the old jim Sarek, you know you just rear them back and drill the hook into this fish's mouth and i i think depending upon the setup you have that's not always the case so i think it was kind of interesting um how it worked out but you know i set back uh it was probably honestly it might have been the longest musky battle i've ever been a part of it was definitely the longest musky battle i've ever been a part i mean that fish i think the footage itself i I think it was close to i want to say like three and a half minutes yeah it was it was felt like a lifetime i know that it was like three and a half almost four minutes uh, of you know fish making run thrashing jumping around i mean it was <laughs> ryan grunting and it was breathing. me it was a lot of heavy breathing and grunting and like i said donnie was there the whole time with it you know he was coaching me he was telling me what to do i you know i, I kind of got on the reel i think I, I set good and i think i i managed the reel good enough but it was kind of one of those things where that was my first soccer fish it went in the bag and you know again like i wouldn't have happened if donnie wasn't there to coach me so it you know right. he, he's kind of upset about losing the fish and i honestly felt bad about taking the next one but it's one of those things where i that wouldn't have happened without you know teamwork on the boat and yeah that's you know that was our fish i mean we were we both we both handled it and it, it, i don't know it was a fun experience that fish went i'm gonna say it was probably just under 40 inches but might have been right at i, I was <clears throat> not real great with the bump on that one i'm trying to get her back so far I was so pumped when you guys sent that text message that you guys, you know, with that picture. I mean, I've, cause I've always wanted to, to, to sucker fish and you know, you guys got one. That's just awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Now what, what kind of rods were you guys using sucker fishing just for, I used my, I use the same rods I use for trolling, yeah. uh, just the eight foot, uh, yeah. heavy EDRs. Uh, you know, they, they do fine for me. Nice loud clicker uh, for, the, for the amount of time that I do it. Now, again, like, I, you know, I know some guys that do some serious live bait fishing. That's not really me. I've, I dabble with it. I've been lucky enough to, to get to fish with, like I said, I have a, a few friends that do it and, and I've learned a few things from them. And, and that's the only reason why I've really had much success with it myself. Uh, but for the amount of time I do it, just usually, you know, it's just, it in the fall i might have a bait or two off the back of the boat while i'm casting just to you know improve my odds and more than once it's it's definitely paid dividends uh you know just that day too we cast it all day we never saw fish trolling or casting but we got two bites on the suckers so uh that it was definitely the difference maker there the one thing i will say i'm gonna throw a little disclaimer in as a as as a musky zinc uh, rep here, if you're gonna go out sucker fishing, live bait fishing, the the biggest thing you gotta keep in mind or what you want to do is set the hook fast. You can't have these fish swallowing the you know. Let, you, you see these videos on YouTube of those guys you know out in Wisconsin and stuff again, and they're letting these fish swim off for three minutes with the sucker and stuff like. That's not how you're going to do it here. And it comes again back to the size of the baits that we're mm-hmm. using. Most of the time we're not using 
15, 20 inch suckers. We're using eight inch suckers. Those, those muskies are taking the whole thing down their throat as soon as they grab it half the time. So you don't want them swallowing these suckers and gut hooking fish and all of that. So definitely quick hook sets if you're going to do it. I want to play devil's advocate going off of the hook set thing. So like I don't sucker fish and I know nothing about it. I'll start with that. But like, I'm always seeing, like you said, you use a trolling rod to fish with suckers. And I see that all the time, like on the internet, everybody's using troll, like big 10 foot, like slow action rods with a lot of bend. Mm -hmm. Why do they do that? Because I'm thinking in my head, like you're, you, you have one chance, you got to rear back and set the hook. So why would you be using like a soft rod to drive like, hooks them like that's one part i never understood because i'm thinking if i'm live bait fishing i would use like my extra heavy like beef stick in order to get like the strongest hook set like you get one swing so i never really understood that why would i why would you go with the trolling over the again uh uh one of the things uh, uh, it, that uh i'm a lot of times we're not doing those big beefy hook sets necessarily yeah either that you're seeing yeah. those hook sets that you see that that whole that's all based on that quick strike rig system mm -hmm. like those buka rigs that you're essentially ripping the hooks out of the sucker and wanting to put them then into the muskie because the muskie has uh you know an 18 inch sucker t-boned and it doesn't even necessarily have a hook in his mouth when he's swimming off with with the bait but that's not usually what we're dealing with here. Yeah. So there is a factor in that. But if I'm being completely honest, the only reason why I use my trolling rods is because my trolling rods have the reels that have clickers on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> that's why most people do it too. Um, but I have a theory that yeah. everybody's doing it backwards. You might be right. Because, I mean, you have these big, long trolling rods, and a trolling rod's meant to, like, take the shock of, like, a bait wobbling or, like, if you hit right. a snag or hit a fish, it's supposed to take that shock. So if you're yeah, trying to get right. one, you know what I mean? So if you're trying to get one strong hook set on a fish, you're using a big nine foot trolling rod, that trolling rod's taking like half of your force away right off the top. Right. Actually, if you, uh, I, I, I don't want to say I know this for sure, but I bet if you go and watch these like Goliath grouper videos, they're yeah. not using nine foot rods. They're yeah. using yeah, probably yeah. like six, six and a half, yeah. seven foot rods that are stiff. To drive that hook in. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Can we put a disclaimer? Tom has never sucker fish. Yeah, yeah. Disclaimer, uh, I've uh, never done it. But if I were to do it, I would change that. I'm sitting has only tried laughing. on trout. Yeah. I'm sitting over here <laughs> laughing as Tom's like, I've never done this before, but everybody's <laughs> well, doing it. Well, let me tell you how to do but it. But everybody's doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of variables there. I mean, if I go back to me bass fishing for muskies in the winter using tiny treble hooks there is no giant sweeping hook set you know yeah. you let the fish eat it so depending upon what you're what you're doing with these rigs and stuff i mean you know that that i would almost rather have that trolling combo that donnie has in the scenario that we had the other day because of the type of gear we were using and i i feel like if i had like a six foot rod and me trying to bear down and just drill this hook into this fish's mouth i mean I don't well, think if I did that without that rig, it would have worked. Without giving too much away, you guys are using lighter. You guys are using lighter leaders, right? Like you're not using the traditional 130 pound kind of. Well, we're not. Yeah, I, I mean, when I say lighter leaders, I'm I'm saying lighter than your your typical like Booker 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick strike rig that you would yeah. buy at Team Rhino or wherever. Uh, yeah. Smaller. That would make sense, though. Right. Yeah, I think it just, it's all relative. I think once you put that kind of a solution together for that type of a scenario, then, then it, you can start thinking about all those other pieces and how they fit. But yeah. Yeah, man, it was a good day. That was a fun day. Um, you know, I do want to mention one other thing. I did contact one other fish casting, but it was on a big O's spinner bait. Go for it. Forgot all about that. I yeah, feel dude, like I, 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 uh, action casting. You did wait, my friend, my friend, my friends actually cast my baits. Oh, wow. dude, listen, <laughs> I swear to you, I tried hard that day. Donnie can attest, like I threw that spinner bait. Like I'm just lot. kidding, guys. I'm just I know, but just I literally balls. like I it was it was one of those things I wanted to try so bad because I talked to Vance about what he's been doing with them, and he kind of got me thinking about like how you never even told me that. No, like I I haven't ta- really talked. Well, we can't to you guys we can't talk all. about it. We can't talk about it on here because no, of, you no, know we'll... obviously that's pri- that's privileged information. So I'd right, like right, to right. know what Vance is doing with them. Yeah, so I'll <laughs> we'll we'll talk a little bit about that after. But like the thing of it is, is I wanted to try something and it didn't work all day, and it didn't work at the end of the day when I got bit. I tried something completely different, but it was it was close and. I was really ripping the crap out of that thing. And- okay, well, so so that's something with the, with the th- with the three ounce spinner mm-hmm. baits. I've found it gets down so deep. That's absolutely something you can do. You can almost work it as, uh, you know, it's not like a bulldog or something. Like a it's like a step bull- kind of bait. Yeah, where where mm-hmm. you pull it and man, that thing thumps and thumps and thumps, and then you let it fall, and then you're you're giving it the thump and thump and thump again. You know, just like you're doing with the pull and pause of a of a bulldog or a Medusa or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think I've obviously never caught a fish doing that, but I think that would be a, a very effective tactic with that really heavy three ounce spinner bait because it goes down so fast and just pulling it up mm-hmm. gives a lot of thump. Yeah. And it bottom line is I contacted a fish. I got about three to four head shakes and, and she was off. So that's one of the ones with the single hooks. I I'm pretty sure it was just me. I probably just didn't, I felt like I set, but I don't know that I really set good. Donnie that's and the I thing with that single hook, that. with that single hook, it's like what Tom was talking about. Like you Boy. don't have any room for error. You've yeah. got to give it give it everything and that's why i think with trolling the single hooks work pretty well because you know that fish is almost always going to have that type of pressure on it to to puncture if you if you have that hook really sharp but you know if you if you're just casting it and there's just a fish kind of you know muskies can get curious you know there's that fish is just kind of like nipping at it yeah you you really got to set the hook with that with that single hook otherwise it, it, yeah. it's gonna be gone well i think it's like the same as a bucktail like most of your bucktail fish they're gonna shoot right for the blades and i think that's like what i've been seeing that's what i saw with the spinnerbait anyway the one i caught on my spinnerbait you could tell it was hooked from the outside of the mouth in which tells me it grabbed the blades and that hook came like on the outside of its face and hooked through to the inside of the mouth so well, it's like I mean, it's a complete lottery sometimes depending on what part of the bait they grab you can i mean i can you know, I can always throw a treble hook. You, you can oh, yeah. put a treble hook on. And if you're really trolling in open water, you can put, you can, you can put a split ring up 
up front and then drop another, another treble. Yeah. Treble down in front of it. You could load them up. Yeah. I, I just feel like in that case, I didn't really, I, I kind of was like, Oh, this is happening right now. And I know I reared back, but I don't know that I just, I don't know that it just didn't, it just didn't get good hook. I mean, it literally, it, it shook like three, four times and was off and it was still, I mean, like I said, it was one of those things I was throwing the it, bait it, and, and it, it, it got hit. And that's another thing with those those single hooks is you've got to keep those things sharp. I mean, oh yeah. You want to you want to talk about keeping like all those treble hooks sharp on something else? Like you've got one hooking tool on that bait, and if that hooking tool isn't sharp, you got no other no other oh. you know hope of that fish being hooked. So you got to keep that thing razor sharp. I actually just placed a big order for those for for a bunch of those. Um, like they're basically tuna hooks, mm. the ones that I'm putting what, on there. there those, those, what's that? Are they sevens or eights? Eight on seven nines. Nine, nine, nine. nine. I, I find the eights. Little... Yeah, they're nines, and they're the the O'Shaughnessy or whatever the mustad yeah. makes. It's like a long shank. They kind of it's sit back at the shank, back of the skirt, and it's got like in like a kind of a deeper. Um, I don't even know what how, how to bend put it. to it. Yeah, it, it's kind of instead of being like a, a, a round bend, it's got more of a like more shank. It's a, yeah, yeah, more of a hook coming back. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Not nearly. It's not nearly like the big tuna hooks that are like have that. You know, like the the giant barb at the end. hook kind of thing. Uh, but it's it's definitely more. I mean, these things are serious, serious hooks and. But obviously, you gotta you gotta keep them sharp because that's the only thing you got on those things. But that's what keeps them weedless too. So yep. So who else who else wants to talk about their fishing before we get into the actual topic for tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I have I have not fished. I uh, I've, I've I've I pulled the boat and ready to get rid of the boat. Any interest yet? Yeah, I got a couple, a couple guy, a couple guys interested. Uh, nice. This this old guy, really cool. Like he's like talking to me, you know, asking me questions. I can tell he's he's got to be about my dad's age. And so I told him, I'm like, look, man, you want to come look at it? I'll, whatever you want, and I'm willing to work on price. I don't care. Like I, I'd, I'd rather someone get it that really wants it, you mm-hmm. know, than than or somebody that really just wants to, a starter boat. You know, because it's it, it's a perfect starter boat. I you know I just I just realized that I need something bigger for my fan. You know, to fish with the kids and it, you know, mine is just a little little too small for sure. We get it. We have one conversation about boats. You know, and fishes with Donnie one time. And he's like, like, I don't want mine anymore. Two days later, that boat is on the market, baby. The gym <laughs> boat, it's out there. The gym boat is gone. Wow. Uh, uh, ruined knowing that quick came out came out oh, believe me. Well, like i said i i knew i i always knew i wanted something more like that but it was like i you know this came up and it was it was cheap enough that i could just buy it and not have to worry about it you know so now that i know that i want it oh but so here's the thing i got i got an email back from um the buckeye sports dealership in ohio <laughs> the lund dealership yeah. And they won't put a kicker on uh, the 16 foot Lund, mm. like the the entry level 16 footer. The they'll Fury? put the Fury yeah, or the uh, Angler. 
the angler oh. i believe mm, that's about i don't know uh they said they will put it on the adventure but that's like a seventeen mm-hmm. five or something like that so I thought it was interesting that, you know, because I, I reached out and I said, look, I'd be really interested in buying something if you have it with, because I think I even sent you guys the exact model, that black Lund that yeah. they have on the, on the, on the lot with a walkthrough. Yep. And I said, you know, how much would it cost me to put a, a nine, nine kicker on that? And he said, not only does Lund not, you know, not recommend it. He was like, we just won't do it because the, the, uh, I guess it's just not wide enough back there. Yeah, it's it's only an eighty inch beam on that boat, I think. But yeah, I mean they usually do like the single motor. I think they start with a fifty. You could probably drop it to a nine nine, but you're gonna be restricted. You're not gonna be able to do the second motor on that unless you bump yeah. up. But so yeah, but so we'll see, we'll see. Now, now I just want to you know find find something by next year if if there's even something available. I mean, there may not. I mean, there's a couple Starcrafts. Like, there's, there's, there's not a lot of boats out there right now mm. with what I want, which would be a full walkthrough. And I mean, obviously, I don't care about having the nine nine added right now, but I'm gonna have it put on. Right. That's yeah, that's funny. So, Tom, do you want to give us a quick overview of, of your uh, your sound? Do I have permission? Quick overview. We're gonna get quick. How quick? Quick overview. Sounds like a good time for me to take a bath. Yeah, Yeah. everybody's walking away from their computers. Um, (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll just talk into my echo chamber. Uh, (laughs) Going to get another beer. So, so by October, I am done with musky. I'm not done. Like, if somebody wants to go, I'll go. But I've had enough. So I go to upstate New York for the annual salmon run and with that you get a little bit of everything you get some steelhead some big like world-class brown trout atlantic salmon coho salmon i mean you get like okay, a little bit so of everything let me interrupt you right there is this a natural fishery you're going to fish up there is this a natural salmon run oh i mean define natural oh dude this i <laughs> like <said> quick <laughs> <laughs> how, how how else does one define natural <laughs> i mean other they, they than, stock other than not well not they, manufactured yeah well they're also they're mostly i guess they're mostly stock salmon but they do imprint so they stock these salmon in the steelhead whatever and they imprint wherever they're stocked and every year they come back to wherever they were stocked at just some weird nature shit that they know that's where they're meant to be they come back every year into these creeks out of lake ontario and they basically run the gauntlet up to the furthest dam they can get to. And the salmon salmon come in to spawn, and then the trout and the steelhead kind of follow behind because that's like their food source. They hang behind the salmon, they eat the salmon's eggs, and eventually they try to spawn, which is very unsuccessful. And But it's, it, it's, a, it's how I like to mix it up from the usual musky fishing because you go out and you usually catch a couple fish a day and i mean it's the same kind of grind that musky is i mean you're up at 2 30 3 30 in the morning to go out there and get your spot and trudge through the river and i just like it it's a cool environment it's definitely i sent you guys some videos it's very different it's combat fishing to the t i mean you have guys 10 feet to your left 10 feet to your right you hook a fish you gotta yell everybody get the hell out of the way i'm coming by with a fish like it's a lot different than musky fishing that's what I was. Uh, I've always wondered is you know that 
there are that many guys actually yeah. standing right next to each other. Yeah. You're just like waiting for a fish to come. So I guess you're waiting for a fish to come upstream to your bait, right? Yeah. Well, at that point when the fishing gets started for the day, they, I mean, they move a little bit, but they mainly move like uh, what I think they move through the night. And then in the daytime, they're just kind of like recovering or recouping, hanging out while they get pounded by a thousand guys. So you're basically fishing for whatever fish moved up into your hole overnight and that are hanging out there. You'll see some salmon coming up through during the daytime, but they, they really have to run a gauntlet to get to where you are between the people and the dams and the. All these guys that like come from all over for this. They all, are they, they keeping, all come are they, are they keeping these fish? Some do, some don't. I mean, a lot of people, they'll keep the salmon to smoke them. And I did try to smoke them last year. And it, I had to use, it was like I was baking cupcakes, how much sugar I had to use to make it edible. So I wasn't a fan. It's not It's not like the salmon you think of when you go to the fish market and get your bright pink slab of salmon to throw in the oven. This is like rotting, dead, like on the verge of dying salmon. Like it is not yeah. very appetizing. This is this. Why would anybody want to eat that shit? A lot of people do, though. People say they smoke them. Sometimes I think people just keep them to just to keep and just to like drag their stringer of salmon out at the end of the day. I mean, I mean, then people will keep the trout and stuff. But I mean, I I, we we catch and release everything. People travel travel from like all over the place. Everywhere. Right. Oh, my God. I met guys this year. I met a guy that owns a gold mining business in the Amazon, somewhere along the Amazon River. He comes up here every year for it. I met two commercial fishermen from Poland who have fished on like commercial fishing vessels in Poland their entire life. And they come over here once a year to come to New York for the salmon run. I met guys from South America. They live in Queens now, but they originally lived in South America. And they come, this is like their big trip of the year. They come here. I mean, it's 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 really like a destination destination fishery if you like trout and salmon. So, but it's a destination. I, I I hate to belabor the point, but it's a people a destination fishery. People really come all this way to this one spot to stand next to each yep. other. Yep. Oh, I mean, what, what you saw is just the spot we pick. I mean, there are, yeah, yeah. It's just like Lake Erie. I mean, you look at a map, there are like dozens of tributaries you could fish. That's just the one we pick. And it's like a bigger, more well-known one that does attract a little more. uh, Yeah, but they all all pile up like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the smaller, like more, it's just like Erie. There's some secretive ones where you can get out of the crowds, but usually where the crowds are, where the most fish are. So if you want to like. You bust my stones about fishing with a guide and, and, you know, you go up there to Lake Ontario and fish ass cheek to ass cheek with all these dudes. <laughs> yeah, but we, but we ruin days. We embarrass them. We, let, we remind them who's boss. The guys from Pittsburgh own that stretch any day we're there. So we make sure of that. Well, you can my favorite experience, Sam. Good. My favorite experience, salmon fishing. I went with my buddy that I muskie fish with quite a bit, and he lives up there. And we go out the first morning, and he goes, I, you know, just curious. I was like, ah, you know, do you keep any of these? He goes, hell no. Some <laughs> efforts from Pennsylvania trying to eat these bastards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say. I get judged for it, but if you're looking for a fish that puts up a similar fight to a muskie, king salmon all day. There's nothing wimpy about fighting a king salmon on like 12 pound leader. 
and moving water. It, it will wear you out just like a muskie. If you use muskie gear, you can see. you'd still be in for a battle. I'm telling you. I know you guys husky don't believe jerk. me. Husky yeah. jerk. Nope. Do you? Oh yeah, you could use them there. Ugly sticks. You, that's, it, Ryan, if you, if you want to go husky jerking with your ugly stick, that is the place to do it. Um, <laughs> all right, so guys, so 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 we've hit we've hit the one hour mark here in this in this episode. So maybe we should move on to I guess what our the real topic. Stick, the stated yeah. goal is which which is you know some of us giving our most memorable musky i guess moments doesn't necessarily have to be a catch but most most memorable musky moments right yep that was the yeah. plan that was I the plan so i didn't think so, it was going to take an hour to get here though well before before we get to like us all saying two why don't we just start with number 1 and then yeah. we'll go from there yeah let's do that let's pick one and then we'll circle back so, All right, so who wants who wants to give us started? Well, you want Nick? Why don't why don't you give us get us started on on All the right. most your most musky your most memorable musky experience? I'd say my most. I'm gonna just shoot from the hip here. My most memorable musky experience that I could think of. Uh, we like just started figuring out how to musky fish or trolling pretty much exclusively, catching you know consistent fish and. Uh, Started listening to the Fat AZ podcast and kind of gleaning whatever information we could out of that. And uh, from that, we decided we needed to have down rods. So we got a couple of the uh, bolt-on down east, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. But they were like the, the lighter weight ones, the, you know, not the big salties, the single bolt ones. And uh, – got those up on the bow so we could you know kind of they were more like 45s than downs but got them in there and uh i think we were running like they were like deep husky jerk like 10s or 12s down deep huskies yeah the goofy like kind of long spoonbill ones jointed and we almost instantly started catching our best fish on those those baits like 12 foot of line out Right, you know, even with the transom on the boat, and uh, that was kind of the greatest. Uh, it was like the big epiphany moment for us. Like, hey, other people do this, and you can learn from them. And you know, that was kind of neat. I think uh, one of those after we did that, we ended up we had four fish, and like we used to do after work specials all the time. Like, hit the water by five thirty, be off by. 9 30 and we got four fish and lost one in uh in one afternoon that doing that that's that's interesting especially depending upon the time of year to me summer yeah i mean summer. if it's summer you got those down huskies man i'm missing the yeah. boat telling you 12 feet of line on a down rod make it better that I don't go fast though. Can't go fast doing that. Well, well, how fast were you going? Like three. I was gonna say three. Yeah. That's that's a, that's interesting. A lot of guys yeah. are, you know, it's four, four oh, four two, four five, five eight. They're, but they were like, you know, two, three fish and you're, you're scrapping the bait pretty much. Mm -hmm. The tracker does six, so so do uh so do I. There you go. <laughs> Got to cover water. 
<laughs> I'm not going to say that's one of that's a that's a favorite memory of mine, but I've never caught a fish at five eight until this year on the tracker. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like a giant baby. It was not hit him hard, hit him fast. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Who's next? I'll go if nobody wants to. Go for Good. it. Me two crocs. All right. So mine is actually mine's my first muskie, which I guess it's not. It's kind of a cop out, but my first muskie. So I'd probably put in, like I said a few episodes ago, like I got into muskie fishing. I was in Wisconsin. I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. I came home, had no clue what I was doing, no idea where to go, nothing. Like I was starting at ground zero. Like I, did, I barely had any help. I had a couple people tell me like, oh, there's some muskie here. There's some muskie there. But up to that point, I thought like Pennsylvania, I was like, Pennsylvania is not like a muskie state. Like I'm wasting my time here. But so there was one spot I picked. I got some info that there were musky here. And that's like all I needed to know. Like someone caught a musky at this spot and I was shore fishing. So I probably put in like a good year shore fishing this spot. And I mean, like when I say I put in time, like I was like putting in shifts here. Like I would like, I would either go like sunrise to like when I started working or I'd like say I got off at like three o'clock. I'd be like, all right, I'm going three to dark and I'm fishing. And I never expected Insert. to catch Insert plug to our next episode, which is going to be banking. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get into a little bit about that. But, like, up to this point, like, I, I I never expected to catch anything. Like, when I went musky fishing, in my head, I'm like, well, I'm not going to catch one. Like, that, that, that was that easy. So, I, I seriously probably put in, like, a good year of fishing the spot. I knew nothing about, like, seasonal patterns. I didn't know whether it was good when the water was low, when it was high, when it was over. I, I knew nothing. So every time I'm going to the spot, I'm doing it Ryan Reed style where I'm like bringing in like three yeah. duffel bags, a little red wagon, two backpacks, a, a U-Haul truck of lures, four different rods. Like mm-hmm. I was everything going like, ball- yeah, yeah. Everything but the net. I was going balls <laughs> to the wall, like hauling in everything I thought I'd need in the planet. And I just wasn't, cause I wasn't even seeing fish. I mean, I'm not shitting you. I went like probably a year to two years and I didn't see a muskie. Not a follow, not a port, nothing. So the one night I'm there and I'm fishing, I'm night fishing with my little top water. And it was a Phantom Viper, like the old wooden ones that weigh like five ounces. They're like a, like a torpedo. So I shot this thing across. I was fishing a river. I shot it across the river, right up into the top of a tree. And this is at like right before dark. It was buried in the tree. And I'm like, I'm never getting this thing back. So I clipped the line. I tied a water bottle to the line and I clipped it. And I'm like, I'm going to come back the next day with like a rope because I could see the lure. I'm like, I'm going to get this lure out of the tree and at least get my lure back. So I packed it in for the night. I went home, got home and I'm like, I'm going to go back in the morning and I'm going to fish like the sunrise and get my lure back, come home and work, do my usual day, whatever. So I went there in the morning with my rope and everything to get my lure back. And all I took was one rod with a top raider on it. I didn't take a backpack. I took, I don't even think I took pliers that day. I know I took my net, but I took literally a rod and one lure down there and i got there in the morning a little bit before sunrise i couldn't see to get my lure back so i'm like what the hell i'm gonna like take some casts until the sun comes up and i'll get my lure back and scoot and wouldn't you know it while i was casting like before sunrise is when i had my first like official musky hit and i landed him on a top raider so that kind of taught me a lesson too, that I, you don't need to take a U-Haul truck full of baits with you to catch a muskie. Cause I literally, I went with a raw, I didn't even take backup leaders, no pliers, no nothing. I had a rod in the lure. 
And that's how I caught my first muskie after putting in like a year to two years of just labor, like literally labor, just carrying bag, like two trips to the car, bringing boxes and bags and all kind of shit that you didn't need. And the morning I caught my first, I had one lure with me and I got my lure back. The lure that I lost, I did get it back after I let that fish go. That's awesome. Nick's right on that one. You don't, that's, that's like one of those things where, if you if you're like me and you have too much stuff with you, you just constantly change baits all. Yeah, day. yeah. You get like musky sure. musky ADD. You start changing one cast, change the bait. And, I yeah. find myself leaving more and more tackle hanging on the in the garage just for that reason, just to avoid temptation. Yep. Not me. <laughs> yep. Not me, baby. Not I want to have every color and every. <laughs> Because you know what? Somebody puts a bait out there and it gets hit. I better have that yep. same bait and that same color in yep. my bag. Because <laughs> <Gotta have> right. <laughs> that's what they're eating that day, boys. That's I'm all still guilty. Doing. I'm still guilty of it, too. But that definitely taught me that lesson to think twice. Like, just pick your confidence bait and beat, beat that confidence bait up. You know how many baits I bought in the offseason that I didn't even Never saw the water. Fish? Never saw yeah. the water. <laughs> Not even close. I fish all mine. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> one cast at a time. I've got yeah. I've got magnums that haven't seen the water yet, but you know what? It's, you got to get out there and do some trawling. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So week or what? We we got. I got free time. What this week? Nah, no good for me. Maybe you got a flu bug or what? I could be talked into not going to Erie next week and maybe doing another uh, mm. little musky excursion. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we heard, we, heard from, we heard hey, from Nick. the water. I, the water is not off at my at my cottage yet. So oh, yeah. as long as the weather stays stays relatively warm, we could actually go do go fish the Dota again, and you know, stay at my place. So I, I, I promised Betty that we would do an Erie trip. I can't, I can't. I got them on the books. It's a $200 cancellation fee now. Uh, oh, geez. <laughs> Honestly, you should be paying us to go. I should. <laughs> it's $200 for you to stay. It's per person. I, yeah, I got to pay $200 to each person going with me. But we yep. will accept a $200 gift card to Teresa's. Yeah. yeah. That'll get, that'll get you a lot of hoagies. Yeah. So we, wow. We heard from Tom. We heard from Nick. Who's next? I guess I'll jump in. I'll go. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this quite a bit since we came up with this uh, little idea. Um, and, and honestly, it's weird because the first at first everything that comes up like the first things that come to mind are all destination trips you know i'm like oh i went to st Clair. i've I've done minnesota and canada and those were all awesome trips uh but the one that stands out most for me i think if i'm gonna pick my most memorable musky experience is just last year and uh it was just a really special day for me uh it was uh Early last spring, my dad and I went out on my old boat. Uh, I I had the tracker at the time, but I did not have the kicker on it yet, uh, since I wasn't I didn't get that till this year. So I still I wasn't able to get out on our local lakes yet with the tracker. I still had my old Sylvan as well. We hadn't sold it yet, so we went out 
We went to one of our uh, local lakes. Uh, my good buddy Jesse Smith was also come out with us that day. He was he brought his own boat, but we all went up. We went to the same place. We went together, and uh, we started trolling. Kind of had a divide and conquer plan. Uh, Jesse was going to start in shallow, working in tight to the weed line and, and kind of short line, and then. My dad and I were going to get out and, and do a little bit of open water, some long line and stuff and kind of communicate and see who's seeing what. Hopefully figure something out was our, our plan. And uh, it didn't take very long. Jesse texted me, said he, he banged like a 30 inch fish or something. Nice little fish to start the day early within like a half an hour of us being there in tight. You know, so I'm like, OK obviously not enough to change the whole program just yet, but, uh, about another half hour goes by. He texts me again. He got another one. So now I'm thinking, all right, we're going to, we're going to get on the same, same kind of, same kind of deal here. You know, we're going to start getting in tight. So we, we shorten up and everything and we get in shallow and we start fishing similar to what, uh, you know, Jesse's doing and, and we're talking back and forth. And we ended up having a, a 10 fish day trolling, uh, which is by far my best numbers day ever. Uh, it was incredible. Did you say 10? We went, yeah, 10, 10 for 16. Like 1 0? 1 0. We, had, we, we caught 10, 10 muskies that day trolling. And the truth is, we weren't even out there a whole day. Uh, we, we got a late start because it was it was early spring and we actually got snow the night before it was early April. And, uh, we almost didn't even go that day. Cause I remember my dad talking as we were driving up there and there's snow on the ground, how crazy it was that we were actually going fishing. Uh, there was snow on it's the, the way boat. it always is, man. What's that? It's the way it always is. Like it's the days yeah. you don't think you're going to get do anything. Yep. You want to cancel that, that you, you stick it out and something happens like that. Yeah. And we got out there and, and, and even my, uh, we landed, we were 10 for 16 that day and, and a, a lot of quality fish too. That was the other thing that made that day just so special. And being able to do it with my dad, obviously it was just, it was just an incredible, incredible experience. But, you know, we had two fish over 40, if I remember, and, and just about every fish other than that was like mid to upper thirties. We only had one, only got the bump one sub that day. It was if there was one disappointing factor, that would have been it. But, uh, uh, and I'm, you know, Jesse, Jesse was by himself and he went 18 for 22. If I, if I'm not mistaken that day. Wow. So I tell you, uh, I mean, we were just, it was just one of those days, you know, the lightning strike days where you're, you're there and, we couldn't do anything wrong. You know, it didn't what, matter. What year was that? When was that? That was, this was last year, early okay. April 2020. Uh, and we, yeah, we got out and, and I mean, the fish were just snapping. It, it was literally, it was basically as fast as we could get set up to start trolling again after either catching or losing a fish, you know, we would be hooking up again. It was that just had, one of those days that, that had to have been around the time that Tom, Tommy Tucrocks and uh, Bobby Bearpaws had their big day at, uh, at, at that certain, certain spot. Look at you, Bobby Bearpaws. 
<laughs> where did that come from? I know where bear paws come from, but I was you hit me across the face with the bobby part. <laughs> Are we talking about the day? Yeah, the day. The day. Yeah. The, day. The day. It so was it probably, been, I mean, that was around April of 2020, right? I think so. Yeah, it was. And honestly, I remember it was probably the same week because I remember seeing Donnie's post and thinking, wow. Yeah, that's a crazy day. No, but that was, yeah. I mean, that, Donnie, that's a crazy day. I can't even. You know, you spend, you spend hours and hours and days upon days out there. And those are the days that, you know, that, that's the day that everybody hopes for. And mm-hmm. they, they don't come to, you know, the more you do it, the more you realize how few and far between days like that really are right. and, and, and how special they are uh, when when you do get lucky like that. Because the, the fact of the matter is we weren't doing I wasn't doing anything, any anything great that day. I didn't have any magnificent thing figured out. We were just. We, we, we were in the right place on the right day and the fish were eaten. And uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool that we were able to, you know, I was able to, to be there and do that. And especially to share it with my dad like that. That that's definitely my most memorable musky experience. I feel like that's one that's really probably going to be hard to top in any form or fashion. That's awesome, especially because it's with your dad, too. You know, it's yeah. like. You know, you, I, I feel that way about my musky experiences with my dad. Like they're special just because <clears throat> they, they involve my dad, you know, and I got to do those things with him. And I mean, it's because he's a huge reason of why I, I musky fish to begin with. So that's really cool, Donnie. I love it. That's a great story, man. I, uh, I, will, I will say Mr. Swink's thoroughly entertaining to fish with. <laughs> well, we got it. No, are we gonna are we gonna have a dad's should we have a dad's weekend next year? I feel, I feel like we should need that. We definitely should and need that. Yeah, we definitely need to do that. But yeah, Nick Nick got to troll with uh, Big Don Senior. He got to oh, see yeah. Big Don, Don Senior. Data. He he's when he's out Don there, Data. it's all business, right? <laughs> We've only we had only casually met in parking lots previous. Yeah. Well, that's how every beautiful musky relationship starts. Yeah, in a boat, the boat ramp. Naturally, <laughs> sometimes they uh, they start and end. If you're a certain, <laughs> if you're a certain person that likes to create Facebook accounts and threaten other people to have conversations in parking lots. <laughs> but Hashtag saw you there. Yeah, saw you there. I uh, I, I did want to say I wanted to be a fly on the wall on your boat that day because I know how fired up your dad gets with fish and stuff. And that would have been, oh, that man. been amazing. Uh, it was just incredible. And yeah, I mean, uh, we, like I said, we caught fish on just about everything, but it was uh, old Joe exotic put on a clinic that Ooh. day. The water shads were going, were firing and Joe exotic rest in peace. I think he had four yeah. or five fish out of the 10 that day. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> See, I'm, I man, I feel like it's my fault. He's no longer with us. He had a great run. He did. He had a great run. All good things must end. He he damn near hook rashed himself in half anyway. I don't think he was um, in the same anymore. What that's it, what the it, that's the uh the natural death of any great muscular is mm-hmm. right. It's gonna get gonna get lost in action. The Viking yep. end off. 
Owen, what's your what's your um, one of your most memorable Mosky moments? One of my most memorable. I was thinking about this when when somebody mentioned it, and you know, I I, I have a of a couple. I don't have like I've probably I, there's no doubt I have the fewest muskies out of this whole group, and you know I, but I I definitely have a couple that are memorable. I I think I think I told the story of the fifty four in one of our previous talks, whether it was your, you know, I think we did a, a video cast before, but, you know, I think the 54 is definitely my most memorable experience because it was my first, it wasn't my first muskie by any stretch, but it was my first real muskie. I, up until that point, uh, the, the biggest muskie I had caught was about a 42, 41, 42. So I did not have, you know, a ton of experience with muskies. I had booked a trip to Lake Nipissing, which we've talked about in a previous episode with my dad for his 70th birthday. And during that, we fished for a week and, you know, he and I got two fish, uh, two muskies during the week, during four days of he and I fishing. But then on the, on the last day, it was a Friday and I, you know, I was having, I was just in a, in a weird place in my life. I'll say that like in the sense of, my work and I was, you know, I had taken this trip and I was very upset about, you know, not upset, but just like worried about, you know, things going on in my life. And I, I figured I was, I was ready to cancel the Friday, Friday guide trip. Cause we had, you know, I told my dad, listen, we'll hire a guide for a day, but it was the last day we had, we were like fished out, but something told me just, go ahead and, and do it. I'm not, not sure why, but you know, I, I ended up saying, you know what, we're going to, we're just going to go ahead and do this, dad. We went out and sure enough, by 10 AM, I hooked into a fish that, you know, I, I, I firmly, firmly, firmly believe changed my life in, in a number of, of positive ways, but you know, we're, I'm, I'm on Lake Nipissing. I'm with a guide who at the time I, it was the first time I'd ever met him who has since become one of my very good friends. And uh, I think it's all kind of, you want to talk about serendipitous or, you know, fate, whatnot, but it, it was one of those very few situations in life where I truly believe that, you know, something made me go to that place. Something made me you know, take the steps I did because I came in contact with this fish, this 54 inch muskie that was just like the most magnificent thing, the most magnificent experience short of the birth of my three children. Um, it was just an almost otherworldly experience. And to have done it with my dad on the boat, uh, you know, for him to be able to watch it and you know, take pictures and videotape. And uh, it was just, an, honestly, a life-changing moment. And I don't think there's any, I, I don't know that there's any other fish out there that would do that. And I know, I mean, I've been fishing my entire life. I've got, you know, I've got everything, but that fish just simply, you know, changed the course of my, of my life. I had been a big golfer up until that point. 
Like, I mean, I was a scratch golfer. I was, uh, you know, I'd won a club championship and, you know, I'm, I was like, I had this certain trajectory in my life and it was around 2017, 2016, 2017, 2018, where that fish happened. And like my entire life's trajectory, this started to switch from, Oh, I want to spend time on a golf course to, Oh, I'm going to spend all my time imaginable trying to find, you know, catch, catch this fish. And in to that end, that's led me to where I am today with having buddies like you guys and musky hunks weekend and, you know, all the things that have all the positive things that have happened since then. So, you know, I, I would definitely count that fish as, you know, my most memorable musky experience because it's, it's had the, the biggest impact on, on me. I mean, think about it. It's a fish for God's sake. I mean, that fish is, I mean, that fish didn't know who I was and, you know, doesn't certainly doesn't give two shits about me, but that so, fish yeah, changed I, my life. I can tell uh, you that fish and, knows who you are now. <laughs> you know, so, so it, it was a, it was a thing that I think it's, it's had an, an incredible positive impact on me in a, in a non-fishing manner, if that makes any sense. Like it's affected me and improved my life by like, I guess, giving me a different thing to kind of strive for aside Ruined from, it, oh, I'm gonna, depending which way I'm, you're looking at it. Oh, well, yes. I mean, a lot of people said that. They said, <laughs> oh, you caught a 54-inch muskie. You're never, you know, you might as well give up now. Well, I, I think it's kind of the opposite with me because I was like, you know, my, it kind of just lit the fire that, hey, if you, if I can catch that, I can do it again. And I mean, most people would be jumping for joy that they got a 50 and a, and a quarter or 50 and a half inch fish, which, which I got with Nick this year. But I that think seems, we, I think we saw a couple that were right on par with your 54 too. Right. But, but what I mean is like, you know, that 54 makes a 50 seem small to me when it isn't you know i should i you should take every single not only should you take every muskie you know no muskie should be taken for granted but i mean any 50 inch muskie should be you know should not be taken for granted but you know i i do you're right i do think the 54 kind of spoils some some otherwise significant fish yeah i I don't have that problem I, i couldn't tell you but uh, well, you're co- you're coming to Canada with us next year, so we'll see what I, happens up there. I think last time cool. I went, I got a four six because they're all four six. They're all four. Yeah. They don't get bigger. They don't get any bigger for sure. No, oh, and that's I mean that's a that's a classic story though. I mean that's the thing is like you don't know where you're going to be in life at times, and then you have something like this that that kind of drives you into a new a new hobby really, you know, and, and we all know it. Musky fishing can be life at times, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's not and when people say that it's like, it's kind of funny to hear it sometimes, but you know, when you talk to talk to everybody in the community, you realize how much money we spend. I mean, every freaking week, you know, articles and time and research and time on the water. I mean, it really is. It, it does kind of turn into a way of life almost. 
And, you know, people have asked, you know, how I got into, you know, making bucktails. Was it because of that fish? And no, I mean, I didn't catch that fish on a, on a bucktail. I caught it on a Shadzilla, but that, that experience, that fish got me into, you know, the world of, oh, what can I do myself? And I had, I, you know, I, I started looking into pouring rubber and, and, you know, looking, I wanted to build Shadzillas and, but it seemed like the bucktails were kind of like where I kind of settled, where that was what I enjoyed the most. And, and that's what I like to fish the most. So, I mean, it all kind of circles back to that fish pointing me in the direction of, of, of where I am now. And I don't necessarily see myself turning around. I mean, I have my, my real job, but you know, when I'm, when I'm not dealing with my real job and my, my family and my children, you know, it's, it's musky fishing. And that's, I love, I love that. It gives me a thing to, to always have to fall back to back, fall back on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's awesome. All I'll right, Ryan. Yeah. I was just going to say this. Frickin- let's hear all about your, your biggest day. This freaking sucks. Cause I got to go after the guy that had a 10 fish day and a guy that caught a 54 inch muskie. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I should have went first. Get me out of the way. I, I uh, come on, Ryan. Tell us about that twenty incher you drug up on the back of Muddy Creek. Well, that's <laughs> you know what, dude. That's the story, and that's that's the story. Okay, I know it is. Come and, on. And, and here, here's the deal. You guys know how this how this goes. When you start off musky fishing, there's a lot of room for error, right? Yep. You know, we we make lots of mistakes. And it can be anything from what we talked about in previous Muskie Hunks podcasts. And, you know, there comes a time in every musky fisherman's life where you just got to spend the time on the water and try to figure these things out. And where my story picks up is essentially a few years of fishing, you know, with my, my mentor at the time and still very, very good friend, Dan Lutton. We spent a couple of years on the water and, you know, I ran into a few, a few fish here and there. Um, at this point I had had my first fish over 40 inches. Uh, we had bagged a number of fish between the two of us, but, you know, I was, we were kind of getting into, after a long, tough season, I wanted to try to put some time in every winter. Cause that's just one thing that I've never done. And, quite frankly, to this point, I never caught a muskie by myself, you know, while I was out fishing. And I, I decided to go out and do some, some shore fishing, bank yanking, bank yanking, if you want to call it that. And really this goes back to, to muskies Inc too, because I will mention that, uh, you know, talking to a lot of guys in the club, trying to figure out where I could get at these fish with a, without a boat and, and trying to figure out lure selection and gear and all that stuff. Um, you guys know Evan Shoss, Evan Shoss from uh, Shoss Bait Company, and he's a member of Chapter 16, and, you know, even Charlie Mueller at that point, you know, talking to those guys, trying to figure this stuff out. Evan kind of gave me some help on where to start and what to try, and so I, I picked a, a particular body of water. It's a small creek, western Pennsylvania. I spent seven trips, seven full day trips out in this area trying to catch a muskie. And I left that location seven times without a muskie. 
so I talked to Evan, you know, I was kind of trying to figure out what I need to do differently. And he, he straight up told me, go bass fishing, do what I know how to do. And just, you know, do what you're comfortable and confident in and do it in an area where there's a population of fish. And I went back kind of new, you know, renewed vigor, went out, it was freezing cold that day. Um, it was in December, late December, there was snow on the ground. There was lots of people in this particular area. And I just, I got in early. I found a, a spot where I could actually, you know, cause yeah, we talk about this too. Tom, you talk about this all the time. We're going to talk about it next week when we get into bank yank and, you know, always have a plan mm-hmm. in an area to where, you know, you can work a bait. And, and for me, I found this little cut. And it was a cut in the bank to where I can actually figure eight my baits and like twitch my baits around. Okay. I had not before this, it was a steep, some steep drop-offs and things like that. It was kind of hard to do that. But in this particular area, it was a flat and I had some room to do that. So I started casting and all of a sudden it was like follow after follow after follow. And I was out for probably a couple, you know, three, four hours. And at that point I had moved about, I would say about 17, 18 fish. Now, some of those might have, some of those follows may have been the same fish, but there was a lot of different fish mixed in there. And it was just one of those days where it was on. And I, I can remember, you know, I was working a little Cabela's four and a half inch jerk bait, one of those little mean eyed jerk baits they don't sell anymore. Uh, and at least that four and a half inch model. And I, I paused it right in the cut and this fish came out of nowhere and just inhaled the bait. And I reared back and I just, it was one of those things where I had not, to that point, I had not seen so many muskies in a day and I had not really contacted a fish like this, you know, casting and up close, you know, right at your feet. And I'll tell you guys, I drug that sucker right up on the bank through the mud. <laughs> I'm not even that, that unproud to talk about it. And I got a measure on that as a 36 inch muskie. I can remember in the video, I'm just like screaming to myself, like I did it. You know, I finally was able to do this and it was such a relief, like to catch a fish after seven plus trips in there. Uh, there was guys down for me, they were hooting and hollering and I was going nuts. I let the fish go and it, it swam off, you know, it was freaking probably 18 degrees out, probably blinded it from having it out of the water so long, but it was just one of those things. And I remember texting Evan and saying, dude, I finally, like, I finally broke through. I got one. Like, this is like here, like I sent him a picture and stuff. And he was like, dude, he's like, you're in the middle of the freaking major. What are you doing? Texting me, get back to cast and get another one. Like I still remember him saying that. And I was like, no way I catch two in a day. Right. Like that's not possible. So I put on a rattle trap and like 35 minutes later, I hooked up with a second fish. And I got that one. I pulled that one under the bank too, right through the mud. I got T-H-H. measure to had THH and uh, that ended up being, I think like a 34, but you know, I, I got, I got a couple of pictures. I got, I had slime all over me. And for some reason that time of year, they have like, in this particular area, it's like, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but it's like a, it's like a really thick, heavy, brown, mucky sludge. Like oh, it's, not yeah, the, yeah. it's not the typical musky slime. You Very see. familiar. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a thick, gnarly sludge on these fish. Like it is so like you, 
you touch the side of the fish and you literally have like four inches of just sludge built up on your hand. Like it's crazy. So I'm like covered head to toe. I release <laughs> the fish. I'm just a grimy, muddy, sloppy, musky mess. And I'm like, I'm freaking, I'm, I release the fish. It swim, it swims off and I'm like texting. I'm yelling and screaming and hooting and hollering. And I'm just like, I'm fired up. I'm, I'm messaging my wife, you know, telling her I got two fish and it's like, I don't know, man, it was an unbelievable thing. And it, it, it's two fish, two mid thirties inch fish. I mean, when you do it long enough, you realize those fish, those fish come, you know, they're, they're, they come, you fish, you get those types of fish. And, but it was a memorable thing because those were the first two muskies. That was my first multiple fish day. And it was the first two muskies I ever caught by myself. And I can remember posting those pictures and absolutely getting destroyed on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> pulling those fish up onto the bank. And I had a number What'd of you do? Up. Wrestle it? What would you do? Yeah, Wrestle it I in, mean, Ryan? And, and it was people. What are the water temps? Yeah. People understood that I was, you know, I was good intentioned. I, I wanted to release the fish. I'm going to take care of the fish. But I went out and bought a net after that. And the network's great in, in the creeks and in the you know, the rivers and the streams and stuff. It's not a real big net, but it's, it does its job. And I feel like, you know, you learn a lot. And that day was the first day that I felt that I took major steps forward as a muskie fisherman. And I think anytime you do that, you know, it's, it's notable, but there's been a couple PBs. There's been, you know, the, the day Tom and I had, there's been days with Dan where, you know, he had his first three fish day. I was a part of that. He, there's so many memories that I've, I've built up over the last two or three years. I mean, it's hard to pick, you know, what we, we can pick. It's easy to pick a personal best day. It's easy to pick number days and things like that. But, you know, that was just a very special day to me because I went back to my roots and my roots of bass fishing and four and a half inch jerk baits. And, you know, it's <laughs> the ugly stick. It was on the ugo too. And, people people made fun of me for throwing 45 pound bass leaders i've never had a problem minus you know 45 pound bass leaders oh yeah yeah they're more like pike leaders the hell bass are you fishing for we're using, we're using 45 pound steel for bass I mean, dude they <laughs> some at, big bass. Like, if you go to walmart they're literally like in the ba- there's like freaking bass jigs next to those things i don't want to hear it okay 35 <laughs> 45 pound steel leaders that's and, all you need ryan that's no I mean, I mean you know i've caught some fish on I don't, those leaders are overrated anyway i don't you don't uh, even need them you don't need I, all of them. my brother will tell you you don't need i tie my, i tie it straight to the plow yep. mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> tie the braid right to it and start trolling yeah Put that tie wire with a little sandpaper first scuff it up good good some edges yep I will say, so are we gonna? Uh, are we going to try to do a, another episode here in a couple of days, guys? Or are we gonna go another three yeah. weeks before we put out another one? Oh no, we got one coming Definitely up. We doing another one, Donnie. Yeah, what are we got coming up, Donnie. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I know Tom. Tom's been wanting to do the bank yanking episode. I know Ryan's oh, a yeah. yanker at heart too. Uh, so. We've been talking about how who we're going to get for our first guest, and uh, we've been talking about doing a bank yanking episode, and 
one day it just kind of hit me that uh, I have uh, my friend Jeff Contreras out in Wisconsin. He's uh, he runs the Musky Battles. He's the creator of the Musky Battles, the YouTube Musky Battle. Uh, he's basically his his YouTube channel. Just keep casting is the first musky specific YouTube musky uh, fishing channel, I believe. Uh, he'll uh, we will ask him that question and make sure that I'm not saying some BS here on Thursday. But I'm fairly positive he was the first one to make a uh, you know a shore fishing specific YouTube channel. Uh, so I thought he would be a great idea to have the first guest, and uh, I reached out to Jeff. He's super pumped about getting on with us to, to talk bank yanking talk to Tommy here about bank yanking and I'm gonna yeah. sit back and listen and, and soak in the wealth of knowledge of these guys and maybe use it to my advantage to actually catch a muskie from the shore since I've never done it I don't have a lot to contribute to this conversation but uh I'm excited I know Jeff's excited to come on and talk to us why I don't really know because I think he might be under the uh, you know impression that we have listeners or that people yeah, listen. He, he, he might think that people yeah. care. <laughs> well, I know that Owen Owen could probably learn a few things from him because every time I see Jeff's pictures, he has like a kid strapped to his chest, a kid in his backpack, <laughs> a kid under his arm, a bass in his left hand, two hmm. kids behind him. He like yeah. he has the dad slash fishing mastered apparently yeah. from what I'm Jeff seeing. Is, uh, he yeah, must I'm be divorced. <laughs> yeah jeff uh, i mean he does a you know he's definitely a multi-species angler uh you know he does walleye he does bass but he's a musky guy at heart he he doesn't own a boat he does the majority of his fishing is from shore unless he's with somebody else uh i i know that and uh yeah i i think he's going to be a great first guest i'm i'm excited good uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to talking to him and learning more about the musky battle, about how he got into, you know, just the YouTube thing to begin with. And, you know, as someone that, you know, if he, if he's experienced as a bank anchor, hell, he might be able to, you know, help out a lot of our listeners who obviously may be doing some bank yanking. Yeah. I can, you, I can tell you he's going to help out at least five listeners on Thursday. Oh yeah, there are five of us. And I need I, I'm help. gonna have a pad ready. Yeah. No, but like I said, Jeff. Uh, you know, I I got to spend a, a significant amount of time with him earlier this year, driving to and from the Musky Battle. Uh, you know, not the whole way, but uh, the the whole second leg of the trip. I drove from you know his house to northern Minnesota, and then back and dropped him off again, and and we talked a lot and he definitely has, you know, he has a wealth of knowledge. He's been fishing pretty much his entire life. He's been musky fishing since he was a kid. Uh, so yeah, there's, it, I think it's going to be a really good episode. I think that uh, him and Tommy will have a lot to talk about. Oh yeah. <laughs> so get, start writing down your questions folks. And maybe uh, if anybody has any questions, uh, can we do that? Didn't we do that before? In our yeah, that's a good idea, Donnie. Chimed in. If anybody has any questions for, you know, about bank yanking, I guess, in general, or something they want to ask Jeff Contreras, uh, just keep casting. 
send it to one of us or I, I don't know. Is there, are, can you read comments on this, Ryan? How do they get in touch with you on these videos? Hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the written hate mail, USPS. It's it is mostly USPS, and I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not, I don't have an answer to that right now. They can leave comments, but we'll find we'll, us on Instagram. Send us a comment. Hashtag yeah, there. Cool. Looking All forward boys. to that. Two podcasts in a week. Maybe All right, what are we going to do here? We want to do a special thank you to Pennsylvania Monsters, Tom Banana. <laughs> Special thank you to Swink Outdoors, Donnie Swink. Special thank you to Nick Fiesler and Larissa. Thanks, Larissa. And a huge thank you to our actual only sponsor, Big O's Bucktails. Owen, in, guys, in name, in name only. Thank you guys very much for another podcast. So, all, all right, boys. Have a good night, guys. We'll see you guys. Thanks, guys.